to the Voices of Women Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tatiana Reznik, a practicing physician and a certified life coach. You will hear about inspirational journeys and practical tips from amazing women physicians, as well as effective coaching tools and steps to joyful success. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy to have here Dr. Lara Hochman. Uh, I'm so impressed and intrigued by what she's doing, really. She's a family medicine physician and advocate for fellow physicians' well-being amidst rising burnout and dissatisfaction. And she's helping to bring more autonomy and joy back into medicine by matching physicians with physician-owned practices. Welcome, Dr. Hochman. Please tell us a little about yourself and about what you are doing. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm a family medicine physician. I still practice medicine because I love it. And, you know, I feel very strongly that it's time for us to take back medicine. And the way for us to do that is to increase the number of doctors that we have in physician-owned practices or in leadership positions so that we can really be a part of the change that is needed in medicine today. So oh. what I do is I help uh, I help physicians find practices that really match with their values. So my clients are all small physician-owned practices because that's you know where we've been shown through studies that that the lowest rates of burnouts are. Um, but I do understand that not everyone wants a physician-owned practice. So for those people, I do have access to other um, other positions that are either academic, FQHC, hospital-owned. Um, but you know, my passion and my clients tend to be the physician-owned practices. Please tell us a little bit about your background and how you decide to start matching physicians and private practices. Sure. So I. Uh, I'm in family medicine and I really like it. I was at one point very burned out and very hopeless about the future of medicine. I did not think medicine was going in a good direction. So um, I actually left medicine entirely and, um, and had the best summer ever and thought that I was done. And, you know, just a few months after I left, this perfect job fell in my lap. And I had so much apprehension about whether to take it or not because I had finally actually left medicine, finally. And, um, but it seemed so perfect. And so, you know, there was a lot of fear, but I did end up taking the job. I kind of thought, you know, if I hate it, so what, then I leave again, it's worth a try. And it turned out to be just as great as I thought it was gonna be even better. And, um, and then I, that's kind of when I realized goodness, all the problems in medicine can be solved if you're in the right setting and all of our burnout and all of our, you know, burnout seeps into every part of our lives, not just at work. Um, and so, you know, I saw the big change in me and that's when I realized I needed to be a part of the change, but I didn't know at that point what that needed to be. Um, while I was employed at this practice, at this company, um, I ended up recruiting a few physicians to join me there. And they went from being burned out to loving medicine again. And then word spread that I can help doctors find better practices. And so, you know, it just kind of organically grew. And then that's when I, it just, 
I feel like I just fell into this. It's, and, um, you know, I realized I can make a huge impact on, you know, either just one-on-one for physicians on how to, um, you know, be able to change someone's life. And then even on a grander scale of, of helping to change the way doctors see medicine, how we advocate for ourselves, um, how we practice medicine, and hopefully just, you know, medicine as a whole. Um, so I think there's a lot that can be done. And that's, that's what drove me to start the company Happy Day Health, to be able to make big changes. Please tell us a little bit more about how working in private practice is an answer to burnout. Yeah. How does it help? So it can help in a few ways. So physician-owned private practices tend to have a significantly lower amount of burnout. A big reason for that is because you typically have a lot more autonomy in the physician-owned private practices. If it's a small practice and, you know, maybe it's you and just a few other physicians, then those physicians that own the practice have to live in the circumstances that you're living in and see patients in the same way that you do. So um, so the changes that are made to the practice or made to the people are decided on by the people who are living it and practicing it. So that in itself is huge. And also just being a smaller entity, it's not quite as anonymous uh, for you or for your boss or your supervisor. So, um, so it's a lot more flexible as far as being able to make changes that are needed, um, transparency and all of those things. Thank you so much, it is very helpful. And when the doctor is getting information about the practice, what questions would you recommend to ask? There's a lot of questions. So if a doctor is looking for a practice, first you have to really decide what's important to you what's important to you in the practice and that's what you really want to dig into so if if schedule flexibility is important to you whether that's you know week to week or year to year as your kids get older or something you want to know is that possible if you're working full-time and just say things change in the future you have ailing parents or or maybe really young kids that are going through you know different stages of life, you know, what's the ability that you have to go from five days to four days, or if you're working four days to change what the day off is, or, you know, whatever is important to you as far as the schedule goes. If partnership is important to you, you want to really, really dig deep into how do you become partner? What milestones do you have to reach to become partner? What does partnership truly actually mean? Not just be a part of owning the practice, but what are your additional responsibilities as owner? Um, what, you know, what sorts of things will you be doing differently than just seeing patients? Because um, I think that's something as physicians, we're not trained in business and we feel like we don't know what, how to run a business, but I think we can surprise ourselves there. Um, you know, if, if, hold on, let me think for a second. Um, another question to ask, that's always important is how the practice will help you to be successful. So if you're a young physician right out of training, then how will they help to ramp you up to be an experienced clinician? If it's in a small area with not a lot of patients, how are they gonna fill your schedule? Um, you know, all those things about how they plan to make you successful. 
And, you know, what's super, super important uh, that you always want to ask is about the culture of the practice, which is the, you know, the personality of the practice. So if it's a practice that uh, is always laughing and being silly and goofy and maybe makes, uh, you know, has a fun potty humor and you don't like that, you don't want to be somewhere like that. But if that's you, then you absolutely want to be somewhere like that. Um, is it somewhere that has their policies and procedures and they stick to them to a T? then you know if that's if that's you if you like more structure that may be better if it's more of a startup environment where there's lots of um lots of growth potential but also lots of changes and you want to be a part of the change or you don't want to be a part of the change but you like being a part of that practice then um you know you want to learn about that so it's really important to uh, to even before you think about what questions you want to ask is to think about what's important to you and then from there you formulate your questions Oh, those very important points. Thank you. And why private practices? Can you comment a little more about the difference for physicians between working for a corporation or working for private practice? How working for private practice can help with burnout? Yeah, so, you know, of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but in general, small physician owned practices have five times less burnout than large corporate owned practices. Um, and this is shown by a study, a really cool study that I came out last year um, that showed that physi small physician owned private practices um, just have no, less or no burnout. A big part of that is autonomy. So in a small physician owned practice, typically, you have the ability to make changes. If, if a change is needed, the owner of the practice is usually working side by side with you and they're going through those same frustrations that you are. And so if there's an inefficiency, if there's um, an office staff member that maybe is toxic or, or incompetent or whatever, it's gonna bug that owner just as much as it bugs you. And so those changes tend to be made. So you're not being told by someone who has no idea what it's like to practice medicine, has no idea what it's like, you know, following your schedule, what needs to be done, because the person who's your boss uh, can is doing the same things as you. Um, and then also, you know, there's the growth potential for partnership in some practices that, you know, if that's what you're interested in, you go find, you go find a practice that's offering partnership because, you know, being able to make those changes as partner is a heck of a lot easier than not partner. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an important point. I didn't know about the study. Wow, it's, it's interesting. Five times difference. It's huge. Wow. Yeah. And I seen on your website that you want to help doctors to find more joy in their profession. How do you found private practices that are actually physician friendly? What is the vetting process? What are the criteria? How to identify them? So when I speak with practices, I spend a lot of time speaking with practices that I'm working with. So at first, um, you know, usually we'll have a conversation where they tell me all about their practice and how, how they practice and what they believe in and all of that. And then um, we spend um, over an hour getting to know each other and I ask them all sorts of questions about their practice and about their physicians and what they're looking for as well. Um, 
And a big part of it is, you know, the feeling that you get. So there have been some practices where I really did not feel that they had their physician's best interest at heart or, um, you know, some prior physicians had some very um, objectively negative experiences there. And, you know, I don't want to work with those practices. Um, also, if I don't like working with them, you're not going to like working with them. So, <laughs> so, um, so a lot of it is getting to know the people and getting to know what they say and listening to what they're not saying and how they're saying it. And, um, but typically the physician owned practices are much, you know, they're wonderful. Uh, it is excellent. And what are the red flags for physicians to know when looking for a job at a private practice? There's a lot. Um, you know, probably the biggest one is physician turnover. So if if multiple physicians have come and gone in the last couple of years, you really need to look at why that is. Um, you may want to speak with those doctors about what happened, why they left, were they fired, were they, did they leave on their own accord, and listen to what they're saying, but also listen to what they're not saying. So a lot of doctors, you know, we are kind people who don't want to hurt even people that have hurt us, and so they may not want to speak negatively about the practice. And so in that case, you want to listen more to what they're not saying than what they are saying. Um, so that's probably the biggest red flag, especially in private practice. Um, you want to ask as well about, you know, some of the red flags. And, and when it comes to burnout, you know, we think about what causes burnout. So the biggest thing is a lack of autonomy. So that's, you know, what you really, really want to look for is how do you affect change? What happens if, if there's something that you notice that needs to be changed or can be made more efficient? Do you have um, do you have the flexibility to do that? Do you have the voice to do that? And, um, and then, you know, along those lines is, is there transparency? So a private practice or a hospital, whatever it is, they're a business and they need to be able to pay you your salary. And so, you know, I think sometimes we forget as physicians because we're so focused on taking care of people um, that we forget that we actually need money to be able to do that. And so, what is the transparency around um, knowing, you don't need to know the numbers of revenue and profit and all of that, but you know, how many patients do I need to see to cover my salary? How many patients do I need to see? You know, just sort of that sort of thing. Um, and so not necessarily a red flag, but something important is to have that transparency so that you know what you're working for, not just for patients, but to help your colleagues and help the practice as well. Mm-hmm. I see. And how can the physician know that this is a type of practice that puts patients above profits? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, a lot of it is in talking with the people that work in the practice. So the, the line that I really, really like, and this is what I loved about the practice before, um, and I find it so sad that we even have to say this, but, you know, is, is when you ask, what do you do in this scenario or that scenario? And the answer is something along the lines of, you do what's right for the patient. You know, that's, 
speaks volumes. And, you know, when, even if you say, but what if I'd like to do a strip test and they can't afford the strip or whatever, whatever it is, when the answer is along the lines of you do what's right for the patient, then they put pay for patients above profits any day. And I find it so sad because, you know, I've interviewed and spoken with so many physicians and that that question comes up so often is, but what do you do in this scenario? And there's such a disconnect of, and I was at that point as well at one point of, of, but what if this, or what if that? And it seems so silly that we have to even think about that because we're so conditioned to think, what if insurance doesn't cover it? What if, you know, what if it's an expensive test? What if we have to do a prior authorization? What if, you know, all these silly things that have nothing to do with actually practicing medicine. Yes, oh, it's true. When I looked at your website, I especially liked that you ask in advance about your most common deal breakers and that you make sure to find the actual match. Please tell us a little more about working with your company. Yeah, so uh, when I work with, so on the candidate side, on the physicians who are looking for jobs, um, normally I'll first get to know a doctor. I like to know what they like about where they're practicing. I like to know what they don't like about where they're practicing, what they're looking for, what are their values, um, and what salaries are, do they need? Because, you know, it's, there's no point in me helping them find somewhere that doesn't pay what they're looking for. Um, so a lot of it is learning what's important to them because that's different for every person. And then from there, um, you know, it depends on what they're looking for and where they're looking for it. So if I have a position for them, I, um, you know, I'll obviously match them with one of the practices that I'm working for. Otherwise I, um, you know, I have this large coalition that I'm a part of where I can, you know, use other people's jobs. Other recruiters have jobs and we share. Um, and so, you know, as far as finding positions, that's how I do that. And then I really like to work closely with the doctor before their interview, after their interview, to make sure that the they're able to assess in the practice what they're looking for. So, you know, if their number one thing is a flexible schedule, then we talk about how to assess that in the interview and how to, you know, what questions to ask and all of that. And then after the interview, you know, then I have a little debrief and say, you know, we ask about how did the interview go? What did you like? What did you not like? And, um, and if there's still question marks, but they have a follow-up interview coming up, then we can talk about how to look at those things when they go see the place in person or in their second interview or whatever it is. So I really like to work and I work closely with, if it's my client, I work with the practice as well to make sure that um, they're finding the right person, that they're able to answer you know, the questions in the best way for them and that they don't hire the wrong person because there's, you know, everyone loses if, if the wrong person is hired. So I work pretty closely and just making sure and, and, you know, sometimes the doctors will, or often the doctors will be interviewing at more than one place. And we talk about the difference between the two places. And, um, so I, you know, really it's kind of like having the patient's best interest at heart. I have the doctor's best interest at heart as well. It is so awesome. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> what specialties do you match for? So I can do anything. My clients are typically um, pediatrics, family medicine, and internal medicine. Um, but as far as for physicians looking for jobs, that's where the network comes in. So I can I can match any 
any specialty. The smaller ones tend to be harder, like child pediatric neurology is a very difficult <laughs> job to match because there just aren't a lot of positions in that. Um, but, you know, if, if the physician is patient and willing to wait for something, then things typically do pop up. I see. It is great. And how about DPC practices? If a physician specifically wants to join DPC practice, can you help them too? Yes, yes. So I do have some clients that are direct primary care practices. Um, and, you know, the thing that I would say, which I know you didn't ask, but is when looking at a direct primary care practice is the salary, that's typically the thing that turns most physicians off is the starting salary. So, you know, you want to ask when if you're looking at direct primary care practice, ask yourself, you know, how important salary is and how willing you are to take a little bit of a pay cut to start, knowing that the salary typically increases and depending on the practice, it can actually go higher than any other type of practice, because you're not capped by insurance. Um, but of course, that depends on how the practices run and how much they charge and who their patients are. Um, but then the other thing to look at with direct primary care practices is lifestyle. So the lifestyle of a direct primary care practice usually, usually with an asterisk, it all depends on the practice itself, um, but usually it's unparalleled. I mean, you have plenty of time with patients. When you leave, you're done because you don't have to, you know, turn through patients every 10 minutes or, you know, you can have an hour with your patients or if you want, you can have two hours with your patients if you want. So, um, you know, even if the salary ends up being lower, once you hit the max salary that you're going to have, your ending salary, um, what's that worth to you? Because life is short, you gotta enjoy it. While also paying off your student loans. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. How long does it usually take to find the right fit for a physician after they first contact you? It all depends. It all depends. So, um, you know, there have been some physicians, if they contact me and there's a position right away, then there's a position right away. Otherwise, um, it's taken up to a few months because it all depends on what's available and where they live. So if they live somewhere like New York City, well, that's going to be far quicker than if they live in Duluth you know, so a, a lot of it depends on what specialty they are, what they're looking for, are they willing to move, um, what salary are they willing to take, all, all those sorts of things. So it all depends. Uh, do you cover all states or any specific states mostly? Uh, every state. Yeah. Every, like Hawaii, anything, Alaska. Yeah, yeah, I do. So most of my positions tend to be in the Northeast and Texas. Um, those are my clients, but as far as other positions go, they're everywhere. Uh-huh, perfect. perfect. Yeah. And building a business is not easy. What obstacles did you encounter and how did you overcome them? There were so many obstacles. Oh my goodness. So, oh, yes. <laughs> so I've had some really big ones and some really little ones. So, you know, a, a small obstacle is that I typically don't wear makeup. And here I am, you know, I'm making YouTube videos now to try to teach doctors stuff and I'm trying to figure out how to put on makeup. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's one of the small, more fun obstacles. The big obstacles have been, um, you know, there've been a lot. So probably the two 
three biggest obstacles have been learning how to do this. So I, you know, I, in medical school, we go to medical school, we learn what we need to do. We're closely supervised. This has been more of teaching myself how to do it and, you know, learning something without someone closely supervising me, like in medical school has been a very interesting new challenge. Um, and, and for the better, I mean, I think that I've learned a lot about myself in the process. Um, another big challenge is just getting over myself. Um, it's, <laughs> it's very difficult, uh, for people in general, but for me as well to, um, put myself out there to complete strangers and, um, uh, you know, speak to people and hope that they don't think that I'm some annoying spammy person. That's been the biggest barrier absolutely by far. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, doctors associate me with recruiters. And as we all know, we don't like recruiters. <laughs> so, and so, you know, I've had some very mean things said and, you know, people on, you know, either directly or, you know, people will say, you know, they'll respond, they'll respond to my messages saying, you know, all sorts of things. And if you're actually a physician, you know, I'm like, no, it's really, don't really me. It's true. Or, you know, things on the internet where people will say that I'm just selling out or, you know, just trying to take advantage of physicians, which is, I mean, absolutely not true. I earn less doing this than I do as a physician. Um, so, you know, being able to just get through that noise has been difficult and, um, and, you know, I think it, it kind of fed into the fear of people don't want to hear from me as well. And so I had to really, really get over that. And that took a while. And now, you know, now I realize, well, if they don't want to hear from me, no big deal. You know, I'll move on to someone who does. And, um, and that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna be everyone's person. Um, but that was, that was really, really tough to get through. You're so strong. you going forward and you believing in your why and trying to help it's so awesome you're doing it really uh, it makes a big difference when actual physician who had been in your shoes who understands all of this and who actually tries to match uh listeners you should look at the website it's a long list of criteria where specifically precisely uh, you know like specifically looking for what you want, not just some random, you know, jobs. But it, I think it's really great you're doing that. <laughs> it's like matchmaking, but for job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Thank you so much for coming here today. And if our listeners would like to contact you, what would be the best way to do it? The best ways to contact me are either through my website, there's a contact form that anyone can fill out that is at www.happydayhealth.co, it is not .com, and, um, or on LinkedIn, my name there is Laura Hockman, MD, and I live on LinkedIn, so you can always message me. Thank there. you so much. It was such a pleasure speaking with you today. And for our listeners, this concludes first part of our discussion. And later on, you will hear a second part of our discussion. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed it or found it helpful, please subscribe, leave a five-star review and share with a friend. 
Have any topics you'd like covered? Send me an email at joyfulsuccessliving at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram to connect at joyfulsuccessliving. Have an amazing week. See you next time. The Voices of Women Physicians podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any medical, financial, tax, legal, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own well-being, decisions, and results. Dr. Resnik is a practicing physician, but Voices of Women Physicians podcast is not reflective of the opinion of her employer. You should always contact professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.